0: something to mull over as we begin today's edition of Abounding Grace.
1: It's so true. You can test it in your own life. Whoever has your ear has you. Think about that for a second. Whoever has your ear, and I mean by listening, whoever you give your ear to has you. Even if just for the moment, the master wants a piece of your ear. He wants your full, complete, committed direction and servant. He wants us to be careful who we listen to.
0: This is who has your ear friend as you go through the day are you more often than not listening to or reading things that are influencing you in the wrong direction today on abounding grace be encouraged to give jesus your ear and watch what will happen as a result pastor ed taylor will be covering 2 corinthians 11 and if you recall false prophets had entered into the church at corinth and they were being led astray Very sadly, the same thing is happening in today's church. So we need to be on our guard. I think you'll find today's lesson helpful in that endeavor.
1: Would you turn over to, let's use Romans chapter 1. Remember, we're looking at sheep. So if anything ever happened in our congregation, or if you're from another church tuning in right now, or all the way in Asia watching in, as you're examining pastors and you're examining sheep, You are going to watch their character. You're going to watch their doctrine. You're going to watch their followers and the people they leave behind. But you're also going to be looking for something positive. You're going to be looking for a servant. You're going to be looking for the kind of person that represents what Jesus came. He didn't come to take, but to give. And he did. Not only that, but here's another word to consider in your own life. You go, well, I want to manifest a trueness of being a true sheep. I want to be a true sheep. I want to be a true shepherd or shepherdess. I want, to, I want to be a strong leader. I want to be great. I want to be first. Well, Here's another one to add to your vocabulary. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul is writing and he says, Paul, a servant. Now circle that word because it's a different Greek word. I know in the English, it seems, you know, they use servant for different words. This is a different Greek word. He's a servant of Jesus Christ. If you like to take notes, Paul uses this word, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Titus chapter 1, verse 1, and then James uses it, James 1, 1, and Peter uses it for himself, 2 Peter 1, 1. If you didn't pick all those up, get the MP3. It's the Greek word doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S. If you've listened to our servants class, which is required for everyone before they start serving here, on one of the studies, I explain doulos. I explain what that looks like and how God blesses this picture. This picture of, sometimes it's translated bond servant, doulos. Diakonos, doulos, so important. A doulos, a bondservant. It's actually used over a hundred times in the New Testament, this word. Literally a doulos or a doulos, it depends on how you pronounce it either way, tomatoes or tomatoes. A slave, one who is in a permanent relation of servitude to another, his will being altogether consumed in the will of of another. That's a pretty heavy relationship. That in a place of servanthood or a commitment to servanthood, to a master, the doulos has his will being altogether consumed in the will of the other. The idea is that you're so empty of yourself that you are committed to serve in that relationship. A doulos. And you and I are first and foremost a doulos to Jesus. That's what Paul writes, and he's a servant of Jesus, of Jesus Christ. It's a key word to grasp in our lives as followers of Jesus, as disciples, as learners. Dulos. There were many kind of servants in those days. There were household servants. There were servants that were property of their owners, unfortunately. Others who would voluntarily submit to their master. And a bondservant, a doulos, was someone who was sold out completely and voluntarily to his master while some servants could come and go, a slave was to only do the will of his master he existed to please and serve his master and that's what G- that 's what Paul uses in his relationship with Jesus I am completely consumed with the will of my master you want to find people like that in the church because those are reflecting the true character of Jesus that that's a that's a characteristics that very clear that can only come from Jesus you can't make that up. You, you can't pretend to be a bondservant. You can't play act at it. Now, you might be able to, and let me be clear, you might be able to fake it for a while, but not forever. You might be able to just, you know, this, the idea of faking it is if something goes wrong, you just bite your tongue. You know, you do that too many times, you're not going to have a tongue to bite, you know, and grit your teeth, and, and I'll make it through. And, and, and the idea of, you know, I'll do it, but I really don't want to do it. All of, all of that, it's not the heart of a doulos. A doulos is like, I know my, I know where I am in life, I understand that, and I voluntarily submit myself to that. That's the characteristic of Jesus. While most slaves were there by force, some were not. Some became bondservants. And a bondservant had the opportunity to choose to stay with their master. You know, a bondservant, in some cases... A lot of the early slavery of the Roman Empire was indenture type servitude. It was, it was paying off debts. And then, you know, many people were taken advantage of it. So it was, it was, it was a horrible, just like slavery in any generation, horrible. Just not the heart of God. And at the same time, there were times where in the relationship with the master that the servant would have paid his debt off and would have been given their freedom. But because he had, so, he had fallen in love with his family... With his master. Things were good there. Probably better than they could have been out in freedom. The servant could choose to stay. Of his own free will. And pledge himself to the family for life. It's a different situation. didn't start out that way. But now through relationship and how he was treated. You know I love this family so much. It's no longer an illegal obligation. I want to serve you out of love. And at that point there was a ceremony. And this is a key thing. This is a key thing as we bring back what Paul's dealing with in the church in Corinth. You see, what's happening in the church in Corinth is very simple. And it's a principle that we've learned in previous studies, but I want, it bears repeating for you. And I, I really, really want to encourage you. It's, it's unfortunate this isn't the weekend service where the entirety of the church could hear this. But this is the appointed time for us. And I, wanna, I want you to understand this. It's so true. You can test it in your own life. Whoever has your ear has you think about that for a second whoever has your ear and i mean by listening whoever you give your ear to has you even if just for the moment for example we were on our way into the office today my son and i coming in and there are a lot of options on the radio if i would have chosen to give my ear to grace fm that would have been a great idea it would have ministered to our heart about the time we're coming in. Uh, we we're just going to enjoy a great Bible study, laugh a couple times, and, and just be, you know, really uh, in a place of, of edification. But that's not what I chose. And the way it is in our, in our car, driver gets to choose. <laughs> that's the way it is. They rule the radio. And so I had tuned in into a radio that was talking about politics. And so for those moments, there was no edification, I, I promise you. Of the time it took to drive in, there was nothing being, I wasn't being built up. My son wasn't being built up. Uh, we probably should have turned it a lot sooner than we did. And I gave my ear to that radio station, that, that particular person, and while he had my ear, he had me. It would be the same if I had Grace FM on. Or, or Kerkest, one, one of the teachers that I like on Kerkest. It doesn't matter which way. If I would have given myself to the things, if I would have just turned the radio off and we just prayed on the way in, I give my ear to the Lord, he's got me. It's the same thing with teaching. If you're not careful, when you give your ear to someone, as your ear is given to them, they got you. Now, I know that you could easily say no and refute it and testify the scriptures, and that's fantastic. That's a mature thing to do. But that's why the cults, when they come to their door, they invite themselves back. You didn't invite them back. They came. They want to make sure that they give you the eight lessons. So they invite themselves back, and you're so, you know, you're just like, I don't know, yeah, okay, come on back. They got your ear. Time number two. And by then... You're like, by the time I tell you what, if they invite themselves back a second time, guess what they're going to do? They're going to invite themselves back a third time. And then maybe by the fourth or fifth time, they're inviting you to go to their cult house where they worship. And why? Where did it start? Because you gave them your ear. Some of you get really fired up about things, but you weren't fired up when you woke up. You got fired up. Why? Because you heard something and then you listened to it. And then you thought about it, and then you chewed on it. Before you know it, you're all messed up. Why? Because somebody got your ear. And, and isn't don't we live in such a society that they want everybody wants your eyes and ears? You know, so things catch your eye, and then you call something or you listen to something, or you know that this there's so much pressure to get your ear, and and it's all packaged nicely and pretty and. And it's surrounded by entertainment and images and everything to get your ear because whoever has your ear, that's why the Bible says, the Bible says Jesus speaks, he says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Now, I I don't think that that's primarily a statement about, well, you know, you, you can understand and the sheep hear their pastor's voice in a church. I don't think, I see that as an application, but I don't think that's what Jesus is saying at all. I think that you will hear and you know Your shepherd's voice, Pastor Jesus, as he reveals himself in the scriptures and reveals that through the power of the spirit of God dwelling in you and upon you. So that if somebody comes and says something, you'll be able to compare it to your shepherd's voice and go, that's not coming from my shepherd. No, that doesn't sound like shepherd Jesus at all. So whoever has your ear has you. Back to the bond slave. There was a ceremony that took place when a slave decided, I'm committing myself completely to you what they would do is they would go to the doorpost of the home. And they would take that person and put their ear up on the doorpost and they would take a a metal object and they would put it here. They would, like, pierce the ear. They would take it, put it up against the doorpost. They would slam that metal object an awl or something or a large nail. They'd put it through and it would go through the ear and then an earring would be put in. And that earring would be a sign and a symbol that this person is a voluntary bond slave. He's committed to this household. But here's the thing. Not only would the bond servant, the doulos, have the earring in the ear, but you know what the owner would have in his doorpost? A piece of his ear. It would stick right in the wood. It would go through and a piece of the ear would be forever stuck on the doorpost of that master. The bond servant, the doulos, gives his loyalty and servitude and a piece of his ear, literally. It's an amazing picture because God is showing us and saying to us that the master wants a piece of your ear. He wants your full, complete, committed direction and servanthood. He wants us to be careful who we listen to. God knows, just as we see from the picture, that whoever has your ear has you. Whoever you listen to has you. Whoever you choose to believe has you. Whoever has your attention most likely will get your devotion to. It's understood that where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. Not just in the picture of where Jesus is teaching about laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven and not on earth, but also as you're developing relationships with pastors and leaders and with one another, as you're sharing yourself and some of the innermost things about your life, you are fully putting your trust in that person. That's why I find myself over and over and over again. And this is happening more and more because it's only been in the last few years, you know, 14 years here, probably the last seven or eight years, that God has really impressed this upon my heart that when you share something significant with me, I thank you for sharing that part of your life with me. I want to acknowledge that that's probably a very hard thing for you to do, to share this difficulty or this family issue or this struggle that you have. And you just want prayer. You know, I can't personally help you. I'm just a human, but we can pray together. And the fact that you would share that, you're really putting some trust in me. And my prayer is that because you put your trust in me, that because of the work of God in my life, I've earned that trust. And don't take it for granted. And take that trust and make sure that we both end up in the throne room of grace. where We both will find help in time of need. Not that it stops. You'll know a, a wolf in sheep's clothing if it stops with them. And they start collecting the treasures of your life so that they can use it in such a way to control you. Or to hurt or harm you and not serve you. You see, whoever has your ear has you. That's why over and over again, do you notice, you remember now, it puts into perspective some things that are said in the scriptures. In Revelation chapter 2, and over and over in Revelation, what does Jesus say to the churches? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And I believe Jesus is saying to us, and as well as to the church in Corinth, Paul's just saying it a different way. But he's saying the same thing. Who has got your ear? Because this is not how I left you. That's basically the last half of the, and, and the first part of 2 Corinthians and the last part of 2 Corinthians can be summarized as Paul going, who are you listening to? Because that's not how I left you. That's not how I discipled you. You need to get your ears back in tune. I something's wrong there. Jesus wants our ear. He wants us to be his bondservant. He wants us to serve him out of love and not obligation. And really, it's a great time to stand back and ask the Lord if, if love is really motivating us. If It's love, especially in our service and our commitment. As Paul would write earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, For the love of Christ compels us. And it's very, very different motivations in serving the Lord. So be careful is the summary, I think, of our time together. Just an honest exhortation to you, church, as we look back. Go back to 2 Corinthians with me real quick here. These last few verses that we looked at last time. Chapter 11, verse 13, Paul is very careful. He tells them, he doesn't pull any punches. They're false apostles, deceitful workers. They transform themselves into apostles of Christ. They're liars and phonies. And no wonder, he says, verse 14, it's, it for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing. If his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. You know, in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, Paul described people coming in, not just as wolves, but he actually used the descriptive word, savage wolves. He was praying there for the leaders in Ephesus saying, after my departure, savage wolves, it's Acts chapter 20, verse 29, are going to come in and destroy you. And We do have to be on the lookout. We need to come to the place where we receive the direction. We know our shepherd's voice. That we're committed to him. Dulos, a humble place. How can we be on guard against false teachers, false apostles, deceitful workers, folks that maybe they don't even know they're transforming themselves into angels of light. One of the safest places for you and I is to be that Doulos ourselves. Just humbly serving Jesus. Just got our you know, Jesus talked about putting our hand to the plow and not looking back. Just going forward. Serving him out of love. No greater place of honor, glory, and privilege. And my final warning is a repetition. Be careful who you give your ear to. Be careful who you just take their word without examining their character. You know, a lot of people now, with the, with the way that we're living in our day and age, with the internet, almost immediate credibility is given to people because you got a forwarded email that was forwarded like a thousand times and you're like, automatically, it's in my email box. It must be true. Or because there's a blog out there or because there's a website that's been developed. Just be careful who you give your ear to. And you can look at your own life and say, What is my character after I'm giving my ear to this? What's my character? Where are the people that I'm surrounding myself with? What's the fruit of my life? What does it look like? And we can lay ourselves before God as doulos and say, I'm a bondservant. I'm fully committed. I belong to you. And we we'll, won't fall into the trap of these false workers, false apostles that might come our way in and out of the church. We've had our fair share here at Calvary of false teachers come through, false apostles, people that come with titles and, and want to do nothing but rip people off and take advantage of sincere, genuine, lovers of God or sincere genuine seekers of God and the leadership here we pray often about it and we talk often about it and we ask God to help us to be good shepherds because we don't want anybody hurt and taking advantage of we want to be able to train you and and you can even take this time in the word and really examine both the character and nature of those that might come to you with a message and then your own character being that completed committed a place of protection is to give Jesus your ear. And he'll lead you and guide you by his spirit. So God, thank you for this little insight, uh, kind of summarizing what Paul's dealing with, um, from our own Jesus who led us, you know, helped us to grasp um, this part of, you know, we don't expect to be taken advantage of, God. We don't expect to be lied to. We don't expect to be deceived. And when we are, we're often shocked and surprised. Because, not, I don't, you know, God, I don't think we're naive. I mean, maybe in some cases we might be, but I think we have that genuine belief that you can change people because you changed us. And yet, God, that genuine belief of change also comes with the warning to beware of false prophets. And the church in Corinth failed in this area. They were not on guard. They were not aware. And now they're having to deal with the consequences. So I just pray a specific protection around our church, around the leaders of our church, around the precious believers that call Calvary their home, those that are listening in on the radio right now as well and the internet, that you guard and protect us and may you have our ear. May we put our ear voluntarily up on the doorposts and let you hammer through our ear a reminder that our ear belongs to you and not to ourselves. And God, I pray for those listening in right now that you would draw them into a deeper, more fruitful, abiding relationship with you and that today you'd be glorified in our lives and you'd protect us as we need it so desperately. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace and a message called A Place of Protection, Giving Jesus Your Ear. You can catch a replay right now at aboundinggraceradio.com. Pastor Ed, in today's message, you underscored the truth that whoever has your ear has you, and Jesus wants our ear. What are some of the ways that we can give Jesus our
1: ear as we go about our day? Well, you know, Larry, it's simpler than it sounds, and I always like to go back to the book of Acts and what made the early believers—how did they position themselves in such a way where they would be the most effective, really having their ears tuned— to, to Jesus. And we find a very simple pattern in the early church in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, where it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. And these four things will help anyone tune their ears to the Lord, staying in the Word of God. The Word of God is where you hear the voice of God. Staying, secondly, in fellowship, connecting with other believers to be stirred up together in the Lord. Coming together, thirdly, for the breaking of bread, which can mean one of two things. It could be like the agape feast, the what we might call potlucks today, where we share a meal together and come together. But I think there's a deeper meaning to this when the reference of breaking bread is not just to some ordinary meal, but actually... The time that we know is communion, where we break bread and take of the cup together to remember the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then finally, prayer. Prayer places us in a position to hear from the Lord, because prayer is two parts. It's both talking to God and listening to God. And that would be a great beginning. Acts chapter 242, as my pastor would always teach us, that God desires us to be Acts 242 believers always continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. And I know the Lord will honor that.
0: Great suggestions there. Thanks for sharing that, my friend. Each month, Pastor Ed picks out a book that he believes can really help you grow in grace and be the person God wants you to be. Our pick of the month is The Third Option by Miles McPherson. I don't have to remind you that we're living in a racially divided nation. You may have heard it said Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America today. Pastor Miles shares openly what has led to this great divide, both within the church and across the country. He believes instead of choosing one of two sides, there is a third option, one that is proven to bring people together and promotes genuine peace. That's the third option. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more. We ask that you call to place an order at 877-30-GRACE. That's toll-free 877-30-GRACE. We'll return to 2 Corinthians next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace.